Specialty Story, session number 115. Whether you are a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. This podcast will tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. Now, welcome to Specialty Stories. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I'm excited that you have taken some time today to listen to this episode. If you are new to Specialty Stories, I encourage you to subscribe and go and download our back catalog of 114 other episodes where you can learn a ton about what specialties are out there that you could potentially specialize in after medical school. Today, I have a great guest, Dr. Matthew Dobbs, a pediatric orthopedic surgeon who specializes in foot deformities of children. Now, several weeks ago, I had another pediatric orthopedic surgeon on, but someone who specialized in more spine care and spine surgery. And so we get a little bit of a different point of view today from someone who went through the same kind of training path of becoming an orthopedic surgeon, specializing in pediatrics, but then took a a liking to a different part of the body. And that's my goal here in this podcast is to expose you to everything that you may potentially do or could do as a practicing physician in the future. So let's go ahead and dive in, have a conversation with Dr. Matthew Dobbs about his specialty, pediatric orthopedic surgery, specializing in foot deformities. We start the conversation with the discussion of what got Dr. Dobbs interested in orthopedic surgery to begin with. Yeah, so my exposure to pediatric orthopedics actually started um, kind of early, and um, it started actually in medical school. So I went to medical school at the University of Iowa and had the great fortune of uh, meeting some of my early, what, I, what were going to be my mentors. And, um, and there were a couple of giants in the field of pediatric orthopedics. So I still didn't know that's what I was going to do, but I, they, they first piqued my interest as a medical student. And I was able to you know, work alongside uh, one of them in, in terms of a, a research project. So that really, that piqued my interest, and then, um, and that really took me into orthopedics itself. Uh, after medical school, I knew I wanted to do orthopedics, um, and then, you know, once within orthopedics, I spent more time um, uh, with these uh, particular mentors and really just uh, I developed uh, a love for what they did and uh, a respect for uh, what they were able to accomplish on a daily basis. So that, it really, really took me there in the first, second, or third year of residency, I knew. What was it about what you were seeing your mentors doing and the, the impact they were having on their patients that kind of drew you to that? Yeah, so these were, um, you know, just like I mentioned, a couple of giants in the field. So they really were able to, uh, you know, embody everything that I wanted to be as a physician. They were caring. Um, they were inquisitive and they combined, you know, a, a clinical career with never stopping to ask questions and have a curiosity. So they always wanted to, you know, figure out, uh, you know, what they could do better, you know, for their patients. And that sort of, I, I guess, that love of learning um, to me and all of my you know, route through medical school and training never is so strong as it was within pediatric specialties. And that was just sort of my, my exposure. It's just that combination of true, you know, sort of caring personalities and curiosity and, 
And, and, and with the pediatric patients themselves, the ability to not only interact with them, but with their parents. And that's sort of a very unique uh, opportunity to do, and you get to actually uh, you know, help on both sides of the, of, the, of the field, so to speak. Yeah, it's interesting. The whole pediatric world is typically, um, I, I love the kids, obviously, and I like working with the parents. So any kind of specialty in pediatrics is something I'll look at. Or I love the kids, but I can't stand the parents, so I'm not going to go into pediatrics. <laughs> right, exactly. You have to love both. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> so for you specializing in the foot and foot deformities, what led you down that path versus a- another subspecialty in pediatric orthopedics? Yeah, so my my biggest mentor was a fellow by the name of Ignacio Ponsetti. And uh, this was a gentleman that uh, was a faculty member at, uh, at I Orthopedics and was already sort of semi-retired uh, when I, you know, you know, came into residency. But uh, the fun part about this was he came out of retirement to go on and sort of train a group of people that could, that could spread the word, so to speak, on a non-operative method for clubfoot treatment. Mm. And so this was really fascinating, you know, to me. And this was a technique that he developed. Uh, and, and he developed it back in the 1960s, and he published on it in the leading orthopedic journal at the time, and it didn't change anyone's practice. <laughs> so surgeons wanted to keep operating on club feet, and that was the you know treatment uh, of the day was uh, a large surgery. Yeah. And, um, and he knew and he showed that this method of gentle manipulation, casting, and non-surgery led to uh, you know feet that were mobile, functional, pain-free long-term. Uh, it was just a beautiful thing. It was art. Uh, it was really a, a, an artistic process, and I again wanted to be a part of that, and yeah, and and do that when I got done with my career or got done with my training. Yeah, that's really what led me into it. With that, you know, particular mentor, it was um, yeah, really, a, it's a fascinating sort of subject. And much of my career today is now, uh, you know, going out and teaching others uh, this particular method on clubfoot treatment. And it is, uh, and I go around the world doing this, you know, to developing parts of the of the, of the world. So it's uh, it's really quite quite fun. That's great. So so talk about the types of treatments, or the, the actually the the types of patients that you are treating as a pediatric orthopedic surgeon who specializes in foot and foot deformities. What what sorts of patients are you seeing and treating on a day to day basis? Yeah, so I, in my view, and of course I'm biased because I love what I do, I get the, I get the best patients ever, and I get to treat them as babies, uh, which is so, so much fun. It's like the best patient population in the world is treating a group of, of babies. Um, and so that's when, you know, in an ideal situation, we actually get, um, you know, get the children with club feet are able to intervene at that stage and give them the best outcome. Now, with my foot practice, I really do treat from infancy all the way to actually young adulthood. So I, I treat patients that have club feet that um, are already in, in adulthood as well. So I get the whole gamut. And I always say sort of, <laughs> I treat foot from, um, you know, birth to the grave. <laughs> and uh, so I really cover the spectrum. Even as a pediatric orthopedic surgeon, I, I treat adults with this problem. Yeah. So it's it's mostly club feet is the deformity that, that you're seeing day in and day out? 
So that is a, a lot of what I see. I see a lot of other foot deformities. So we see uh, flat foot, which is you know very very common, mm-hmm. uh, even in the in the general pediatric population. I see uh, high arches, you know, which are called cavus feet, mm-hmm. uh, and these are more uh, typically a problematic uh, issue. They require uh, a surgery because they're often related to underlying bigger issues. Um, and then you know, I see a lot of other congenital deformities so in the feet. So kids that are born with extra toes or are missing toes, uh, you know, congenital fusions of bones in the foot that create deformities. Um, yeah, so, yeah, really a wide spectrum of uh, anomalies. So you're at a, a pretty big academic institution. What was the decision for you to stay in the academic world versus going out to the community? Yes, and that was, um, at the time that I made that decision, it was not hard for me because I was able to combine, you know, my love of taking care of patients with also having that ability uh, to ask questions and then actually do something about that in terms of a research arena. So I really, really enjoyed that. A true you know, clinician, scientist, translational research appeals to me. Um, and that's really what kept me in, in in academic medicine, um, but I, I, I really do love the, the care of children. And as your career, you know, progresses, um, you know, I spend, you know, my practice has grown so big that I, I feel almost as at times I'm in a private practice sort of setting and, and, and really focused on, uh, you know, clinical care. Uh, so. But the, but the reason I initially chose academics was to be able to combine uh, my love of research and and, uh, and taking care of patients as well as education. Like I mentioned I, I get to train residents and I get, also get to travel of the world teaching uh, other types of these uh, treatment methods. What does a, a typical week or a typical day look like for you? Yeah, so a typical week, I can start off with that. It, it's roughly for me, you know, half um, uh, in the operating room and half in the clinic. Um, And there's a little bit of time, if you take out one of those halves and break it up, a little bit of time for, um, you know, academic uh, work and and, uh, research. Um, But yeah, mostly my time really is, is, is split between the two. Now, a lot, of, a lot of students will think of orthopedic surgery and being a surgeon, and you're just operating 100% of the time and 100% of the patients. If you could estimate the, the percentage of patients that you're seeing in an outpatient setting and then actually taking them for a procedure of some sort in the operating room, what, what percentage do you think that would be? Yeah, that's a great question because the pediatrics, uh, in terms of the surgical specialties, we actually do see many, 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 many more patients we take to the operating room, but it's unlike a lot of other subspecialties within orthopedics. So I would say, you know, it's a, roughly taking, you know, one patient to the operating room every 15 to 20 patients that we see. Wow. Okay. That's a, a good idea of, of what is that, what that looks like. Yeah. For, for you in an academic setting as a pediatric orthopedic surgeon focusing on the but what does call look like for you? And are you seeing general PD ortho during call or just uh, foot deformities? So my call is definitely everything uh, in pediatric orthopedics. So it's not isolated to the foot at all. So it is, um, you know, a lot of uh, trauma. So we're at a level one trauma center. So, you know, a lot of, um, you know, uh, high speed car accidents, broken bones, 
Um, and we see all the sports, you know, type injuries that kids have during, you know, sporting events. And then, you know, things like um, in, in bone and joint infections uh, that happen. Um, you know, we see those uh, as well. And that would, you know, that, that's the majority of the sort of things that we would see on call. The calls, yeah, calls, you know, pretty busy at a level one trauma center. Yeah. Do you enjoy that type of call and, and those sorts of, of cases? I do. I mean, the trauma is, is always, uh, it's very interesting and it's fun to take care uh, of the kids uh, that are hurt because, the, you know, the kids' bones and kids in general, their, their bodies know how to heal, you know, and all kids want to do is get back to playing. Uh, so they're very motivated patients, you know, so you treat them, you fix their bones, and they get back to doing what they want to do. So it's very rewarding to sort of, you know, see a, you know, deformity with a fracture, you know, fix it, and then have them return to function. And, and that's sort of the beauty of orthopedics in general. It's, you know, deformities, fix them, and then, you know, see return to function. So that's quite, quite rewarding. Yeah, it's a nice, a nice reward pathway there for you. Yes, very much so. Do you feel like as a pediatric orthopedic surgeon focusing on the foot and foot deformities that you have enough time for family and life outside of the hospital and, and seeing patients? I do. I, I do. You can, and you can strike that balance, uh, you know, with the career in pediatric orthopedics. You really can. You know, the, the call we mentioned, you know, call can be in anything in medicine, probably the most disruptive thing, um, you know, to family life. That's more out of your hands. You know, you can't, you know, you can control your clinic schedule. You can control your elective ORs when you work, uh, how much you work to, to, to some extent. The call is less predictable. You know, kids get hurt at, um, at, at odd times and you have to, you know, fix those when they're broken. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the call in, in pediatric orthopedics also, the nice thing about the, the children is you, you, you're not having to come in in the middle of the night for most things. So it's very conducive to, you know, you know, planning your, your family time and, and those fractures are typically splinted, you know, in the emergency room, and then you're able to take care of them uh, the next day or the next week in the office. So it's, um, it's really a quite a pleasant, uh, uh, especially. Yeah. What does the training path look like to become a, a foot deformity specialist? So the training path, you know, after medical school, it's, it's five years of orthopedic surgery training. And that's general orthopedics. That's everything within the field of orthopedic surgery, including pediatrics. And once you get done with that, typically today, you, you do one more year. So a six year of, of strictly pediatrics. So that's your fellowship. Um, and, and that, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And, and just to confirm, when you say everything in orthopedics, it's it's not a pediatric orthopedic uh, residency. It's it's adult as well, correct? That is correct. So you get your training in both of those for five years. And then the uh, and the one year fellowship is that is that strictly just a general pediatric orthopedic specialty, or is that diving down into foot deformity? So it's strictly pediatric orthopedics. So you encompass sort of foot within that training. So you raise a really, really great point in, in this day and age of increasingly, you know, subspecialization training. Mm -hmm. What we're starting to see within pediatrics is some additional training in these other areas. So it's a, you know, it's a year of pediatric orthopedics. And then many people are now doing a six month, you know, extra fellowship in foot or a six-month extra fellowship in sports, you know, or spine, all these things strictly within P's because it, 
it is hard, you know, within a one year period to sort of, you know, dive deep into one particular area. Yeah. What is residency like as a, as an orthopedic surgery resident? So I think as with most residencies, the, you know, the first uh, year or first two years of training are sort of the, uh, the busiest and it's sort of an adjustment period. So you're, you're learning, everything is new to you um, at that time. And so you seem, you know, that's the most overwhelming part uh, as you're sort of kind of trying to learn everything. And then, you know, for orthopedics, that third, fourth and fifth year, everything get, it gets better and better each year. You get, you know what you're doing more, you get more comfortable and you gain more independence. Uh, so you're sort of building your confidence and skill set as you go along. So by the time you're a chief resident in your fifth year, I mean, you're really comfortable, uh, you know, independently handling, you know, many of the common things that you see in orthopedics. So it's, it's really quite fun to see your own personal growth you know, during that process. What should a student be doing to, to make themselves competitive t- to match in orthopedics? The biggest thing to do is to, you know, as, as a medical student, uh, is to, you know, have any sort of elective rotations, you know, within that uh, field so you can mm-hmm. meet professors and get a feel uh, uh, for the specialty itself. And, and really what helps you stand out is spending extra time uh, with a uh, mentor. So if you can do a research project, you know, a clinical research project, doesn't have to be basic science research, uh, but just getting involved and developing a relationship with somebody that, you know, can write you a letter of recommendation is, is really critical. Yeah. It sounds like mentorship was critical in your uh, path to becoming an orthopedic surgeon. And, and we've heard time and time again from other physicians on this podcast that, that mentorship is really kind of what the driving force behind a lot of specialty choices. And what comes up a ton from pre-meds and medical students is how do I find a mentor? How do I reach out to someone and say, hey, like, I want to take up your time. Can you mentor me? How, how do you begin that relationship? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's um, and there's no one recipe for that, but I think you you know you will find uh, you know, the, the people that you're associated with. They're they're at these institutions for a reason. They enjoy teaching, so they want to be approached. And, and if students show interest, I mean that is you, you know you're going to see the professors open up their doors and welcome you. So I, I think you know it, it's just being willing to take that step. I know it's kind of a fearful step. But, you know, taking that step and know that you're going to have, you know, an open door there. Um, and that's really the key. And, and, and probably to tag on to that, as you said, the mentorships are key. Um, but what you'll find, you know, as you go through, you know, there's so many interesting, interesting things to do in medicine that, you know, one way or another, you're going to run across, you know, those mentors. You're going to, you're going to figure out, you know, an area that piques your interest in those relationships. You know, they tend to blossom. And, and most, most students would be happy doing uh, uh, many, many, many different things. So it's not like, I, I, I think one of the things I often hear is, you know, how do I find my calling? Mm. Well, it's often, you know, your calling is, it could be so many different things. So it, it's really what, you know, what path you happen to go down. But it's not, you know, don't feel like you have to find this one magical path. And if you don't find it, that's it. Yeah. It's just not, it's not the case. Yeah. Now, what about the osteopathic medical student listening to this who has dreamt of becoming an orthopedic surgeon, maybe a, a foot specialist for, for PD ortho? Uh, what sorts of things should he or she be doing to overcome any sort of negative bias against the osteopathic physician? 
Yeah, so, and, and I have many good orthopedic colleagues that are osteopaths, and we have fellows that are osteopaths in our own program in pediatrics. So, yes, yeah, certainly don't think that there's, um, you, you know, walls in front of you, but but I, I think that, you know, the same thing, it, it, it's, it becomes the relationship. So if you find, you know, mentors within, you know, that field, you know, whether it be osteopaths, you know, or not, or, or MDs, you know, develop those relationships, you know, they're going to know people in the field, they write letters um, and, and give you opportunities for projects and so forth. But it's really, you know, you know doing the best you can in school and, and, and the extra projects hold the same, the research everything else. You do those extra steps and you're going to stand out. For the future primary care physician, maybe the future pediatrician listening to this, what should he or she know about what you're doing day in and day out as a PD ortho doc to, to help their patients and to help you do a better job? Yeah. So they should know that, you know, the orthopedic sort of maladies, so to speak, are, are what they're going to see 25% of their practice, you know, so orthopedic complaints are really, really huge in primary care. Mm. And what, um, you know, we always encourage is trying to get, you know, more of that training, even within, you know, medical school, because orthopedics is not always even on, you know, the medical school curriculums. Um, so if they have a chance to take electives, um, you know, you know, in an orthopedic uh, area, I would, strongly encourage them to do that because, again, their practice, they're going to see that. They're going to have orthopedic patients in their practice. Um, and I, I think that's you know, probably the biggest piece of advice. Yeah, I think that's huge to understand uh, the the exam and manipulating joints to figure right. out what's going on. And that's definitely a, an important skill to know. What other specialists do you work the closest with? I work very closely in my in my young you know infant population with uh, neurologists, you know, so pediatric neurologists as well as uh, pediatric geneticists, uh, you know, so trying to figure out with these congenital deformities and, and the legs and the feet, you know, whether there's, there's any underlying cause for them, you know, that we don't uh, you know don't obviously know. Do they have a you know a syndrome? Do they have a peripheral nerve uh, disorder or central nervous system disorder? Uh, so those are uh, really the things that are the two groups that I work with, you know, the most uh, in terms of medicine. But we also work a lot with, you know, physical therapists and, mm. and, uh, and physiatrists and others as well. Yeah. Are there any special opportunities outside of clinical medicine for uh, a foot deformity specialist like yourself? Outside of uh, clinical medicine, I'm not sure I understand. That. So, uh, something that a lot of people bring up are like going into industry is and oh, device sure. and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, with with pediatric foot, um, there's not as much sort of industry, um, you know, opportunities as with some other fields within orthopedics because you know, in the kids, we you know, for fractures, for instance, we don't use as many implants. You know, we can take advantage of the fact that kids can heal in a cast, mm. um, you know, so we don't have as many implant sort of opportunities. But, you know, I say that and, and, and myself, uh, I am an entrepreneur. So I developed a club foot brace, you know, that's now, you know, used in over 100 countries. Awesome. Um, you know, so there's, there, there are opportunities to do these things and be innovative on the industry side. Um, and, and there's yeah, consulting opportunities and other things that are absolutely possible. That's great. I, I love that entrepreneurial mindset. Find a problem, fix a problem. 
That's easy. I love it. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you know now that you wish you knew before going into PD Ortho? Or in another way, what would you go back and tell yourself when you were first starting out? Yeah, so I guess I, I, I would tell myself, you know, to pay attention, you know, to the long-term effects. So I, I think, you, you know, peds in general, I mean, you know, how do you do in a specialty is sort of long-term outcomes. And it's something we don't know much about uh, in the field of orthopedics in general. It's the effects of, of surgeries that we do and the natural history of conditions. There's not that many studies out there uh, that show these things. And so, you know, what I would sort of tell myself is, is, is be one of those people that, um, you know, gets involved in, 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 in trying to develop level one evidence data, uh, you know, give us good long-term data to know the effects of what we do today and how that impacts a child's life as an adult. Because I, I think, you know, a lot of the pediatric fields will really sort of narrow themselves down. I treat the patient here as a child when they graduate from childhood they go on to, uh, you know, adult orthopedic surgeons, and you may not know uh, the effects of what you've done, yeah. uh, good or bad. Yeah. Um, so trying to truly understand the natural history of uh, not only the disorder, but the treatments, I think, is what I would have wanted to know more about. Yeah, that's good. What do you like the most about being a, a foot deformity specialist? I, I, I really love, you know, being able to see a, a clinical deformity that if you, you know, had that as a uh, you know, foot problem that, you, that inhibits the ability to walk and to do things in a play sports and to be able to, you know, address these in sort of this magical way uh, with, you know, casting, gentle manipulations, minimal surgery and create feet that, you know, fit well on the ground that are mobile and you get to watch the children develop. Uh, and, and these relationships over time, I see kids now from infancy, you know, now through early adulthood, and, and you can see what an impact, you know, you can have uh, on their life and function. And, uh, and that's what I truly, truly love about it. What do you like the least? Uh, the least, um, the things that you can't fix. <laughs> um, you know, so we all have those in our specialties. I mean, the sad stories and the uh, you know, the things that involve, you know, tumors and uh, uh, or, or injuries that are sort of beyond repair and leave, you know, long-term physical uh, deficits. And that's always hard. It's hard as a physician to deal with that on a regular basis. And I, I think that's um, uh, the hardest part of my job. Do you see any major changes coming to the specialty that you think a, a student should know about? I do. I think there's a lot. And I do basic science research as well. We didn't touch on that, but I do genetics research. So I, I study and, and identify genes for different uh, pediatric orthopedic conditions. So I absolutely see changes in the future. And I think, you know, we're, we're moving toward an era of personalized medicine. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that in the adult field with, you know, you get your blood pressure medicine now based on your own genetic profile. Yeah. You know, which drug is going to work best for you? And you know, we want to take that to the orthopedic standpoint and, and personalized treatment. You know, so for this small thing about club feet that we talk about, we, after we cast them and correct them, they're in braces that they wear at nighttime for four years. And uh, we know that all kids don't need braces for that long, but we also know that some kids need it longer. So we just got done with a 10-year clinical trial where we randomized children into different lengths of uh, uh, bracing and are developing a new classification system that's now prognostic. So you can, you know, see a baby at birth, and based on clinical exam findings, you can say you're going to need this brace for a year. 
you need it for five years. So we can, you know, you know, it's, it's a much better sort of personalized treatment than what we are able to offer currently. That's awesome. If you had to do it all over again, would you still be a, a foot deformity specialist? Absolutely. Without a doubt. For the, the medical student listening to this, who you've now piqued their interest into PD ortho and to the foot, uh, what last words of wisdom would you have for him or her to continue on this path and, and explore it? So I say, well, yeah, definitely explore it and, and follow your interests and passions and, and do readings, you know, on this, find, uh, you know, find mentors within your training facilities within pediatric orthopedics and, you know, go for a research opportunity and, uh, and, and develop, let that interest percolate and, and peak and, uh, and good things will happen. All right. There you have it again, Dr. Matthew Dobbs, pediatric orthopedic surgeon specializing in foot deformities. So hopefully this episode was helpful for you to give you an even broader view of what is out there for you if you are interested in orthopedic surgery, if you are interested in pediatric orthopedic surgery, and much, much more. So I hope you enjoyed it. Please share this with your classmates, with your advisors, with your school. Let them know that Specialty Stories is a great podcast that every medical student should be listening to. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Specialty Stories. This is MedEd Media.